podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. After a midweek that twice saw a goal be scored within 20 seconds, FPL is operating at a similar speed right now. The two and a half week break now has a quick turnaround. And as such, myself and FPL family's Sam Bonfield are recording this Fancy Football Community podcast with the two Thursday matches still to play. So bear that in mind. Sam, hello. How is your Game Week 22 so far? Say it quietly, Mark. Say it very, very quietly. But <laughs> there's a green arrow in my FPL app. I know. Oh. It, it has been weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks of red arrows. It feels like anyway. It feels like for the last 20 years, all I've had is red arrows. Um, It hasn't actually been that long. But nonetheless, it's been weeks of... Not terrible red arrows, but just, you know, enough that it's annoying. Losing 20k rank here or there. This week so far, the arrow is green. However, I am very conscious that I still only have one player left to play tonight. That's Ariola, And we all know my luck with goalkeepers mm. so far this season. It hasn't exactly been, uh, been points galore when it comes to my goalkeepers. But hopefully tonight, Ariola is going to change all of that, especially given that I've benched Solanke this week. So I really, really need that Ariola clean sheet to stand. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When, when Newcastle reached about the hour mark and, and hadn't conceded, the first thing I went to was to do was check your bench <laughs> just to see if it happened again. Um, and it hadn't. So this time your sub-goalkeeper did concede. And so did Dubravka, actually. So so you know it's a good week when, when that's happened. Yeah, it feels, it feels good to look at my bench and not see a load of points sat there for the goalkeeper, like at least this week. I mean, yet it still might be the wrong decision, I suppose. Ariola might have a nightmare, but let's hope not. I'm hopeful that Ariola is going gonna, is gonna to do all the right things for me uh, in that game this evening. Keep Solanke quiet because he will punish me if I've left him out. And I really, really need the likes of Jared Bowen to just not do very much. A nice little nil-nil draw in that game would be perfect. Well, I disagree. <laughs> for me, it's it's uh, it's forty one points so far. It looks what have you like got the, left. Well, yeah, because I've got Bowen, Solanke, and Ariola. Oh, <laughs> that game is massive for you. Yeah, it is. It feels like a, it's one of those ones where all the players to fear have already already played, so it feels like a free run. So, so yes, it is looking like a red hour is finally coming after a streak of greens and it, it, that, that felt unsustainable. I'm pretty confident this would be a red, but in fairness tonight feels like a free run with those guys left. And it might not be too bad of a red fingers crossed, although I've done it now, haven't I? Yeah. You've said it now. I mean, look, look, let's be honest, whatever happens tonight, you're going to be unhappy one way or another, aren't you? Because either oh, yeah. those guys are going to, you know, you're going to get a goal for Solanke and that's going to wipe out your Areola clean sheet or Areola is going to get a clean sheet and Solanke is going to blank. I suppose the only opportunity that you have is if, um, if Solanke scores and Areola, you know, saves a penalty that's not been taken by Solanke. Else. This yeah. Is very, <laughs> quickly, but got out of hand. Yeah. Uh, we, we did say recently about what our opinions were on, or what your opinion was on, having a striker versus a goalkeeper and playing both. Mm. Do you sort of commit to one or sort of hope that one of them happens? And I guess for me, it's, it's it is that tonight. Um, you know, if, if Ariola is to concede, at least be Solanke. We sort of have different De Bruyne. You bought De Bruyne. 
the boy. I did. Salah. Yeah, yeah, I did. As someone without either him or Alvarez, Wednesday, Wednesday started terribly, but then they did stop. So... Yeah, I didn't want them to stop. I was happy <laughs> with that because I have both of those guys. So I was like, keep going, guys, keep going. This is nice. Um, and actually, I... I decided not to pay any attention to the Man City game because obviously it was being played at the same time as the Spurs game. And for oh, me, yeah. I was like, I just can't cope. I can't, like when I saw Haaland was on the bench, I was like, okay, until the moment he enters the field of play, I'm okay. But I was still very worried about Foden because I don't have him. So I, in, in my head, I'm like, okay, this is, this is a hard this is a hard game to watch. So I was very grateful that my beloveds were on at the same time and I could just go, right, I'm I'm all in on this Spurs game. Although that was terrible, the first half from Spurs. So I was watching that going, oh gosh. And at least in the other game, I was like, okay, we've got some Alvarez points. We've got some KDB points. We're happy. Uh, and then, do you know what was really annoying about last night, Mark? Is that, of course, my other half wants to watch the Liverpool game, doesn't he? So mm. we kind of timed all of our evening around these games because obviously Spurs were on 45 minutes before Liverpool. So I watched the first half of Spurs and then I was in charge of putting the kids to bed in the 15 minute halftime break. So I'm running around my house. You can imagine this, right? Lee's downstairs. He's watching the Liverpool game. I'm running around my house like an absolute lunatic trying to put both my children to bed whilst they're trying to tell me stories about their dance lessons and their Cubs uh, activities that they've just been doing. I'm just going go to bed Spurs are going to kick back off again in five minutes and I'm like eventually I get them both into bed I get downstairs and I'm like okay I can't kick him off the TV because he's now watching his team so I've I've got the iPad out and I'm like logging into the TNT app to get the other screen working so I can watch Spurs then Spurs score as I'm still trying to log in I'm like change the channel change the channel Lee's like, what's happened? And I'm like, Spurs have scored. Please change the channel. Let me watch the goal. He's like, okay. So he switches over to Spurs. We watch the goal go in and I'm like, okay, go back to Liverpool. I'm nearly logged in. I've finished logging in. And then my phone pings me again. Spurs have scored again. I'm like, you're joking. I've watched the whole of the first half and I've missed two goals in the on the basis that you're watching Liverpool on the TV and I'm still trying to get this app to log in. Should have done it at the beginning of the game but in my head I hadn't occurred to me that Liverpool would still be going on when I put the kids to bed in my head they would just be playing while I was doing that uh, so I actually missed all three Spurs goals putting getting the app to load and then eventually it loaded and it was all fine and I watched watched out the second half while he was watching the first half as soon as the first half of Liverpool finished we put Spurs on the TV and had City on the iPad it was dramatic I think Mark is the best way to describe last night in my house it was it that has so much video cast potential. Um, <laughs> it was chaos. Yeah, if people it's... wanted to watch a, a general life day in the life of the FPL family, I feel like that that to, those two games of football playing out was exactly what our lives are like most of the time. Crazy. Well, look at the schedule. If, if there's a similar sort of midweek sort of uh setup in future that that has to be uh that has to happen again surely because uh, <laughs> let's hope so just thankful that richarlison scored again because that that keeps it competitive as a non-alvarez owner uh having his seven seven in seven believe it is now for richarlison he's yeah all of a sudden you know looking the real deal and i thought spurs i mean as i said earlier i thought in the first half we weren't great we looked like a team that just weren't quite at the races. I don't know what Postacoglu said to them at half time 
but it was a rocket of some kind. It must have been because they came out all guns blazing. I thought the Brennan Johnson substitution made a massive difference. The way that we played moving forward with that kind of more attacking football was really good. Um, I felt defensively we were lacking a little bit with Udogi down that side. It was very vulnerable, but obviously he he got you know got the attacking return. So you can't you can't complain about that. But I think where with Richardson, he's really made that forward slot his own, and and I've not been. I've been his biggest critic, I think, over recent years. I mean, when he first arrived at Everton from Everton, I was like, I don't know. I don't see how this is going to work. Obviously, Kane was still around at the point, And I was just like, you know, if he's just a backup, then fair enough. Then when he's got to become the first choice, I was like, I, I just don't know that he's got that in him. But over the last particularly six or seven weeks we're really starting to see him kind of come into his own make a make a big difference to the way the team is playing he stopped being that kind of really lazy hang in the box and just wait forward and he's starting to get involved drop back involve himself with the play chase the ball down and that's making such a big difference in the way that that Spurs are moving forward much much quicker I think with Werner there's still a bit of learning to do down that side, although I thought there was a marked improvement from him again in the game against Brentford in the second half. Less cutting in, more driving down the wings, which is what Postacoglu wants from from our wingers. So yeah, I um I'm really, really quite happy with the way things are going. And I think what you have now with Richarlison and with Madison is an opportunity to not have to spend the budget on some when he comes back. You can have one of those two instead. Yeah, a sacrifice will need to be made somewhere, and that feels like the the nicer, easiest way, price, right? Doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Jota is, you know, a potential coverage for Salah when when he returns. But yeah, particularly at Spurs, uh, that feels like a, a tactical sacrifice. One thing we did advise and discuss on the last pod was sticking with the out of form Saka and Watkins, and sure enough, they both just scored. So that 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 is quite satisfactory. Uh, as a well, it was it was mixed feelings because as a Newcastle fan, Watkins was against Newcastle. Was very happy to be three 0 up, but was thinking that Dubravka clean sheet stain on the bench, you know. So when it got to three 0 I was thinking if if he could get a very very late consolation, that would just be perfect. And it wasn't quite that late. It, it was sort of relief when Watkins ended the clean sheet, but. Not a lot of relief because Newcastle's habit of late goal heartbreak recently. Um, Leon Bailey was uh, made a huge impact when he came on, but it stayed at just one goal for Watkins. Mm. So those of us who benched Dubravka got away with it really, did not see that win coming at all. And yes, there's no real... So far with, with two games to go, doesn't feel like any major topics have emerged yet. Uh, so I thought this might be a good opportunity for us both to reveal which just which players are on our shortlists, really, just who, who we're interested in. I think there's, you know, the next few weeks are going to be quite pivotal, aren't they, for how our seasons pan out. Obviously, you know, before we hit the record button, we were talking about blanks and doubles and where things might slot and all of that stuff. And it does feel like a lot of managers are still waiting just waiting and I know I am I'm kind of waiting with some of the transfers I want to make because I I would absolutely love to go for Madison this week but I just don't feel like I can until we've had confirmation of what's happening with that Chelsea and Spurs fixture that's due to be played in 26 but is currently postponed 
it hasn't been officially announced as a blank yet because what happens with Chelsea in the FA Cup and the replay with Aston Villa is going to be quite important for that. That's so a real pain. A, that that replay a, is, a, is an absolute nightmare for FPL. It <laughs> is. It's massively difficult. <laughs> you kind of go, I'd rather another game, any other game was postponed, you know, than, than the Chelsea Spurs one because... Because actually, had it been any other fixture, we pretty much would have known where we were by now. But because it's Chelsea and Spurs and because Chelsea have also got a replay, Chelsea haven't treated us FPL managers very kindly, actually, have they, with their um with their play lately? They're not they're not um making our lives easy, let's put it that way. But I think because of that, and because there's still some uncertainty around Liverpool and when they might double, as well as them having the blank in 26, because there's still some uncertainty about, you know, when Luton versus Bournemouth even might go. It makes selling people like Solanke a bit more difficult. It makes bringing in players like potentially some of the Liverpool assets like a Darwin or a Jota maybe slightly more difficult because you're over, you're potentially making your life harder as you move further forward into this period of time. So for me, that narrows down my target list even further because I'm kind of like, right, I want to bring in players that are nailed. Now they're going to play. Now there's a double. Now there's no blanks. All of this kind of stuff is is quite important, right, in my in my mind. And obviously game week 29 is still a long way out, but we have some teams that we know are going to play. So Brentford are one of them. So teams like Brentford actually look to be a good investment so Tony is on my watch list for sure because you know returns in both of the games so far since coming back from his suspension looks good looks mm-hmm. fiery um looks like he's building up quite a nice partnership with Morpai as well which is interesting given that I didn't really see that coming like I, I didn't see them two playing that well together but there is some chemistry there even if the Spurs boys did make a mockery of Morpai after his uh his start celebration. celebration I know <laughs> I know. I must admit, I quite enjoyed the Spurs. Uh, the Spurs tweets after that game made me chuckle. And then Madison and was it Madison who said <laughs> the um, interview. He, does, he doesn't score enough goals to have a celebration. <laughs> love it, absolutely love it. And then Morpai came back on Twitter. I noticed and said something about how um, Madison's been relegated more times than he has. I was like, <laughs> oh, this beef is now. Who knew that there was such beef between Morpai and, and Madison? And I was a bit here for it yesterday. It was funny. Um, but I think, you know, Ivan Tony is on the watch list. And of course, I do not have Harlan. And I've got to be honest, Mark, do you, you don't have him either, do you? No, no. The plan was always to buy him back. But Alvarez scored twice in midweek. So who's to say he immediately makes way? And if, and if Harlan does come in and Alvarez does stay, and does that put Foden in danger? So it's it's um it's a tough one. Maybe Maybe Guardiola's lesson for midweek is that there's not a particular rush to get Haaland into the lineup. So I really want to hear from him. I agree. And I think he's going to treat him with kid gloves in the same way that he has with, with Kevin De Bruyne. Like, you know, we've seen with De Bruyne that he's, he's brought him back in. They've, they've done, you know, reduced minutes across a few games, across all competitions, not just in the Premier League. Then he gets his start. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, interesting. I actually wasn't a hundred percent sure that he was going to start the game against Burnley. In my head, he was going to get 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I was like, okay, half-time appearance. That was what I was... When I was making the decision to bring in KDB for the midweek game, I was like, okay, if I could get 45 minutes, half of football out of K- at KDB, 
I think that feels good. That feels like a good opportunity to captain him. Uh, as it is, I should have captained Alvarez, but you know, I didn't really look at that because of the Harlan news. So as soon as Pep said Harlan was available, I was like, don't, I don't want to sell Alvarez because I think Kate, I think Harlan's going to get ease back in. But I also don't feel like I can captain him either because I don't know how many minutes KDB is going to get. I don't know how many minutes Harlan's going to get. It all feels a bit difficult. So for me, it's it's tough with Harlan because I can afford for Watkins or Solanke to be Harlan. But I don't really want to sell either of them because Solanke... Well, maybe I will if, you know, if something happens to Sankey, if he doesn't perform well again in the game against West Ham, then maybe I'll be more up for selling him. But right now, I don't feel like I really want to sell sell Dominic Solanke. And I certainly don't feel like I want to sell Watkins ahead of a game against Sheffield United when he, you know, he's just scored and in reality could have got a brace. It was like mm. a couple of inches out Imagine from, off, you know, from a brace. Yeah. yeah. So it would have to be Alvarez for me as well that would go for Haaland. And I I agree with you. I do think it's difficult. However, I do worry that Alvarez, even if he gets the starts, will drop deeper when Haaland and KDB are both together on the pitch because we yet haven't seen that because obviously it was KDB who was sacrificed for Haaland in midweek. So when we've got an opportunity to have Haaland and KDB together on the pitch... Probably we saw from Foden he went further out wide. It made him less effective. I didn't like him so much out there. I like him in that central spot. But it does have an impact on Alvarez's location geographically on the pitch. So Harlan is on my radar. I think I'm going to bring him in for the weekend. I think that's what I'm going to do. But it's mostly through fear because I'll be honest, watching Spurs for those last 20 minutes and having Man City on the tablet while Harlan was playing, I was not. I did not cope very well. It was it was difficult mm. to watch and not have Harlan because I mean there were two opportunities where I thought, oh, here we go. One, he took an air shot, which I was like, what's happened there? Got away with that one. And another one where he uh, the defender got back and, and dealt with it. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. That's a match fitness thing. That's all that is. That's mm. just getting back into fitness. That didn't feel like an injury thing. That just felt like a I need to get back into my 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 movement and my momentum. Yeah. Not having Haaland, like if he got, if he was to get 45 minutes in the game at the weekend and I didn't have him, oh my goodness, I think that would really stress me. So, so it might be directly for Alvarez then? Maybe Salaki, so. but wow. Alvarez I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it will be Alvarez, Alvarez to Haaland. I don't love the idea of it, but I bought, I bought, I bought Alvarez in to cover Haaland while Haaland was injured. That was the decision that I made. I'd target in on Alvarez at that moment to get me through this period where we didn't have Harlan and I wanted to stay invested in Man City. It was never a long-term strategy to hold Alvarez because I didn't like the positions that he was finding himself in in the weeks prior to Harlan getting injured. He was that much deeper and I wasn't enjoying watching him as much as I had been earlier on. So yeah, I think it probably will be for Alvarez, but I don't love it and I don't, I don't I don't feel hugely confident selling mm. Alvarez because I do think that if Haaland doesn't start the game, Alvarez starts in that number nine. And if he's starting in the number nine, then use the opportunity to do what happened against Burnley again. Yeah, and the other knock-on effect is okay, man, man City are playing 
on the Monday, but because De Bruyne got this midweek start, KDB, does does that mean, you know, it, if his minutes are being managed with kid gloves, does that mean it's him on the bench at Brentford while Haaland starts? That it could just it could go several ways. I mean, we really need to hear from from Pep. We do. I mean, I suspect that Haaland. I suspect KDB is going to get the start. Again, I think, yeah. yeah, I think now he's, because it was building up momentum, wasn't it, with him? And he, he did 70 minutes, 71 minutes actually, came off, looked fine. Um, I suspect that we'll see him start the game again on Monday evening. It's five days. That's quite a long time between the fixtures. So it's five days between this one and the game on Monday evening. I think he gets to start again. It'll be interesting to see what he does with Haaland. Does he go for, like he did with KDB, another 20, 25, 30 minute cameo like we saw in the FA Cup for KDB and then the start? And if that happens, obviously that's happening ahead of 24. Or does he go, actually, I saw enough from you that I want to put you in from the start. And if I need to take you off at half time for Alvarez or for whoever, then I'll do that then. It's hard to know until Pep speaks. Yeah, it is. I think the only conclusion I've drawn is that might quickly regret that Ford and transfer. Um, although who knows? But yes, uh, that that feels like it might be the wrong decision. You do get an assist in the end, Ford and but uh, which matched the. Were you a little bit, I suppose, disappointed that he only got an assist? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was, and and I don't. I, that feels like a really. Um petulant thing to say I think oh I feel really annoyed that he only got me an assist and I'm not really annoyed about it because as I said on the official pod when I was recording that this morning when I saw his name on the team sheet I was delighted because I was like actually this I wasn't expecting that I was expecting a half-time appearance from him so the fact I was getting a start I was like okay I'm happy with that but having watched I didn't watch very much of the game when KDB was there but having watched the highlights back I was like hmm there was plenty of opportunities in this game for Haaland to have had more than just one assist. So it does feel a little bit disappointing, but I am now invested. I do have him. I do think he's the best midfielder from City to own moving forward. So at least I've already got him in ahead of the double game week in 25. And well, unlike unlike Liverpool, the Man City double isn't followed by a blank um, yeah. Not that Liverpool's double has been confirmed yet. That That's a, an assumption as well. But it does feel essential to have Haaland plus one other city, especially when they get relentless at this time of year. I was mm. thinking, well, this could be a mad suggestion in a way because it's it's almost like you're asking for pain. But I am kind of interested in Darwin Nunes still. Oh, Wow. Not you as well. What is it's it with just... these guys that I pod with? Like, I've obviously had Jules talk about him all morning as well. Now you. I just, I only had him once before last season and it was a painful experience. And it, from the outside, it looks just as painful to owners now. You know, like not having him is stressful, albeit not as much as having him. And oh. I suppose there's so many, there's so many stats out there showing off his like, frequency of chances he gets so many like it's minutes per chance all this lot he's, he's up there with like the the very top of sort of big chances and stuff on, on much less minutes but there's also a lot of stats on on how he misses them as well so it's he hit he hit the woodwork four times against Chelsea most ever penalty yeah, yeah first time since Opta records began so yeah he missed the penalty and that that is just yeah I, 
Yeah, I still want him a little bit. Is well, the thing gone? is, he, he no, no, I get it. So he also had eleven shots in that game, which That's is more it. than there's more than any player in any other game since Erdegaard against Bournemouth in March last year. So it's it, I can't decide. So last year I owned Darwin Nunes for most of the season. I was ridiculously loyal to that man at a time where he was not loyal to me he just did not return and it was really difficult and every week I'd look to sell him and every week the numbers underlying looked okay or the fixture looked good or all of this stuff and it wasn't it wasn't a fun experience and this season I love watching Darwin because he's absolutely bonkers you never know what you're gonna get like during that game last night watching it with Lee he was like what we're going to get next. We've had a missed penalty. We've had a yellow card. We've had multiple attempts off the woodwork. We've had all of these shots. What are we getting next? Are we going to get an assist? Are we going to get a goal? Are we going to get a red card? It feels like all of those things are a possibility at all times with Darwin. And I think you have to be a a kind of, you have to be somewhat brave in FPL to own Darwin and be able to deal with games like last night where actually he was good. He was good and he was great fun to watch and he was having shots. He was involved in the play. Yet he got two points. And that's really hard. It's a tough one. Yeah, it's just as someone who's a massive fan of comedy, like one of my favourite <laughs> TV shows are comedy. It is genuinely hilarious watching him. It's like almost like a slapstick sequence, like something like Laurel and Hardy or something. But <laughs> but I think I think logically, I think knowing that there's probably blank 26. I think that that might just feel me in a bit and just think, well, a double might, if Liverpool do get a double 25, that that could hurt, but um, it's probably not buying him in might not be the right thing to do. But but yeah. again, that goes back to that conversation about the Chelsea and Spurs game, doesn't it? And where that lands, because, where it lands, totally. you know, if Chelsea go out of the FA Cup and that game ends up staying in 26 and going into the midweek, then actually you could probably afford to bring Darwin Nunes in because you won't have the likes of Richarlison and Palmer and Porro and all of those other issues to deal with. Whereas if Spurs-Chelsea doesn't happen that week, then you you don't want to be adding to your list of problems by having a Darwin or a Jota because I would like nothing more than to bring in Jota. Yeah. But I just, until we've got clarity, it's very, very difficult. And it, it feels hard because it feels like you're always missing out on the opportunity for points, waiting for news. But I also kind of feel like if I don't wait for the news, I might be costing myself points in hits to deal with the issues that I create. Yeah, it's 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 a real game of stick or twist. So the things things need to happen soon, whether it's announcements or cut replays. It just it just needs to happen. Of course, the one time this season that Darwin was clinical was when he turned the game around at Newcastle with two shots, two goals. Because uh, that's how it works. Yeah. Sticking with Newcastle, Anthony Gordon is of interest to me because, well, first of all, his assist was removed in midweek because... That upset me. You, yeah, <laughs> you have him, right? I have him, yeah. Because, yeah. it, well, yeah, it hit the bar. Um, and then... Because it hit Martinez on the way down, it, it redirected it to share rather than a Villa defender. I think that was basically the the definition. I, I understand why it was and, taken away. I just yeah. would have really liked it. Yeah, I think the fact that it hit it hit two things between Gordon and Shares. Coming off of the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper. 
yeah reflect so the rebound off the um the bar is one thing the deflection off martinez is another because it mm. takes the ball on a different trajectory yeah, so i get it, it but i wanted that assist yeah i think it's there's definitely uh the side of the argument depends on whether you have him or not sort of thing it <laughs> yeah. does make sense he has great fixtures coming up although i luton luton did beat newcastle like last month or whatever but uh he might have to play up front though because isak got yes. hurt and eddie house said after the game he doesn't think it's too serious which naturally leads to reports that he might be out for two to four weeks <laughs> Because we don't trust Eddie Howe anymore. He never tells us exactly yeah. what's going on, does he? So it's very oh, hard to know. Love the guy in so many ways, but as an FP from an FPL standpoint, not so much. Um <laughs> so Gordon might have to fill in up front at home to Luton. Newcastle starting to look a little bit like their old selves now that the schedule is lighter. Um, but he is on eight yellow cards, Gordon. So he's possibly quite close to a suspension, a two-match suspension as well. So he's uh I think if you if you've got him like like you already have, he's probably quite an exciting asset to have. But yeah, I think, you know, I was quite uh, I was quite impressed with him when he was playing up top in that, you know, once Isak went off and he was playing up in the number nine. I you know he was he looked all right, didn't he? And I think Moving forward, if he's going to play there, I absolutely want to have him. But the yellow card thing is definitely on the radar. As soon as he hits that 10, which is going to happen at some point, I cannot believe he's going to get from now to game week 38 without picking up two more yellow cards. So as soon as that hits, then that will be probably the moment where I go, okay, you're going to become somebody else. Um, But I've really enjoyed owning Gordon. Like I, I didn't want to bench him this week because it always felt like the opportunity for an attacking return was there for him. And it was, it's just that it didn't count in FPL, which is, is fair enough. Um, but it, it ends up being a bit of a frustration when he does blank, because there will be a lot of managers that obviously did blank him during those difficult fixtures, particularly I'm thinking about the one against Manchester City um, where he returns. But then you have, you have games like this one where I played him and, and he, he didn't return. So it is what it is with, with Gordon, but I think, you know, with Isak and Wilson potentially not available, him going back up in the number nine against Luton, however good Luton were against Brighton. Although I think that was more to do with how bad Brighton were in that game. They were terrible yeah. again. Um, not to take anything away from Luton because they won that game and they won that game well, but Brighton, goodness me, they are so... They're just Jekyll and Hyde, but mostly Jekyll this season. Like, it feels like you're kind of like... Is Jekyll the good one or the bad one? I don't know, actually. I don't know if I've said that the right way around, but the bad one. Well, here was the bad Bad. one. You know, you you feel like... I brought in two Brighton players a couple of weeks ago because they had those two good games where, you know, Stupinian came back against Spurs. They were excellent in that game against Spurs. He came back, he scored the goal. I was like, okay, this is interesting. Then he has the game against West Ham, plays out the nil-nil draw, keeps the clean sheet. I was like, okay, I'm I'm in. This is an improvement in Brighton and it was consistent. So I got Pascal Gross and Estupinian, obviously got the clean sheet out of Estupinian last time around. Happy with that. Got a couple of bonus points. And then this week, not only does he concede three goals, he goes off on 46 minutes. And it's just like, wow, okay. Naught. That's naught points. And Gross with just the two, very, very disappointing. And and two players that, you know, I don't think I'm going to do anything about Estupinian, but Gross, those midfielder slots are important. 
And I do feel like I made a bit of a mistake going for him a couple of weeks ago. And him being James Madison is definitely high on my priority list. Yeah, completely. And it's a sort of Brighton, but that, that was, it was sort of reminiscent of when Brighton lost 5-1 at home to Everton. Yeah. Like, at the end of last season, but then they also won 3-0 at Arsenal. That's Jersey yeah. Declan and Hyde, which, whichever one's which. Whichever one's which. <laughs> um, and yeah, that that's kind of back again. So I was glad to have grabbed that opinion clean sheet last week. But yeah, me too. I would have hated to have bought him now because like this week, because that that, that you don't know what you're gonna get from that. No. Um, one one sort of surprise name I was thinking of was Ben Brereton Diaz has mm. two goals in his first two Premier League games. He's a five million midfielder, so he, he could be a, a decent enabler, but the obvious downside is um, that his team is bottom of the league, Sheffield United. Um, I was trying but, to think of a nice way to say that because there will be some Sheffield United fans listening. But also, what I will say is that genuinely, since he's arrived, Sheffield United have not looked bad the last few weeks. There's been a marked turn up in their performances in recent weeks. They are not looking like a team at the bottom of the league at the moment like they're not looking like a team that you kind of look at and go okay they're normally normally by this point in the season you'd be looking at the team bottom of the league or maybe even the bottom two or three teams and going you're going down like you're going down that's just how it feels this season I'm looking at the bottom of the table all right they are nine points behind Luton who are out of the relegation zone which by the way who saw that coming Luton not being in the relegation zone um and then you've obviously got but they're only two points behind Burnley they're only eight points behind Everton because of Everton's 10 point point deduction that they've had if I was Sheffield United in these last weeks of the season you you know you'll be looking at the fixtures that you've got coming up and going okay what do we need? Like, how are we going to win games? And you're going to win games by scoring goals. And he's arrived, as you've said, returned in his first two matches, looking good. Sheffield United look, they look better. They do look better. And the fixtures in the coming weeks are the sort of games where you go, okay, if you can get something in these fixtures that are coming up, then maybe that there is an opportunity for you to get out of that that problem. Now, obviously this weekend it's difficult. It's a game against Aston Villa. That's not an easy fixture to say the least. But Aston Villa aren't as good on the road as they are at home. Uh, then it's Luton. That's like a must win. That is must win for Sheffield United. Brighton, who we've just been discussing, who knows what Brighton side are gonna are gonna turn up. Then it's Wolves. Again, that's a difficult fixture. They've been playing incredibly well recently. Arsenal, well, you would expect them to lose that game, but stranger things have happened with Arsenal this season. We've seen some weird results for them. And Bournemouth, then it's Man United and Fulham. Like By game week 30, I'd argue that there's at least four games in there that Sheffield United could, could, not saying they will, but could get wins from. And if they're going to, he feels like he's going to be part of it. Now, it is flagged at the moment, so that's something to obviously consider. Mm. He's picked up a bit of a hammy injury. But what a difference he's made. Two seven-pointers in his first two games. Yeah, fantastic. Is he or any other January transfers caught your attention? Not that not that there's been many, but any of the new names you're thinking of? Um, I think there's not been that many, in, in all honesty. There's mm. not been that many really, really interesting transfers. 
um, so far. I think with the transfer window about to close, it doesn't look like we're going to have anybody massively exciting arriving on the final day either. I've said that now. Suddenly, like, <laughs> there's going to be an absolute worldy come from nowhere. But it doesn't feel like that. I think the only one that I'm vaguely interested in, and it's and it's not because I'm a Spurs fan, it's because he's a cheap forward, is Werner. And that's because he's coming into a Spurs team that are very, very attacking. He's had returns in both of his opening two Premier League matches for Spurs. Picked up assists in both. Seems to be forming a nice relationship with Richarlison. I thought his link-up play with Madison was looking better in the second half as well. And that's obviously going to take time to develop with Madison only just coming back from injury. But he's cheap and he's a forward. And that might just be what we need because you know we were talking before about how Sun might be the sacrifice that you make for all of these other players. Maybe you can sacrifice the Spurs midfielder entirely if you have Werner in the third forward slot. And that would allow you to have a cheaper front line but still cover out the, the bigger sides and the ones that are fighting for Champions League spots. Yeah. Yeah. But I think before doing that, it's probably worth seeing what the lineup with Sun looks like because there is like a few bodies. There is. For just a there, few spots there. But There is know. a risk. Yeah, there is a risk because I think Richarlison starts. I think Tudorsevsky starts. I think obviously Madison is guaranteed to start. Son obviously is guaranteed to start when he arrives back eventually from the Asian Cup, whenever that may be. Um, and then it is interesting to note where does Werner go? But equally, I'm not sure they've brought Werner in to not play him. And given that we are not in any other competitions anymore because we've exited the FA Cup, the minutes have got to come in the Premier League. That's true, yeah. Speaking of Sun, actually, it's probably a good segue into the Asian Cup and AFCON content that we have on our Fancy Football Community website. That's that's why Lewis hasn't been on the last few pods, because he is absolutely swamped with providing top-class coverage of those tournaments on our website. So if you are playing the fantasy games for either of those, please check the website out. Sun and Huang Hee-Chang, uh, their South, their South Korea squad, beat Saudi Arabia on penalties. Mm. And thought they were coming home yeah it did feel like it 100th minute equalizer to take it into extra time yeah. it felt like we were getting sunny back early it was and you would have found out <laughs> a little bit sooner about Werner but uh, as it is they've progressed to the quarterfinals so a little bit longer without him and I know in AFCON well the latest big side to go out is Senegal so we've Ghana, Algeria, Egypt, Senegal those with Issa Kabore are going to get him back as Burkina Faso as well. So that tournament, those tournaments are sort of entering their final straights now. Mm. Um, back to FPL. There was one name I was considering, but then he got a random midweek bench in Cal Walker. Mm. That was, well, it was a bit of a controversy online as well, to be fair, but um it's the first time he got a surprise benching against Burnley. It was the first, first one he time. Missed. Yeah. First one he's missed. So just when he was looking like a genuinely good option. I know personally, as someone without Trent, I was thinking that I was. could be an alternative, mm. a cheaper alternative who doesn't blank in 26. Yep. I was really looking at him, bring him in, have him for the double. It's put me off. I must admit, it's put me off. And it'll be interesting to see if he's back in the team in game week. 
23 that i'm going to be waiting on that now i mean i'm going to have other priorities be it madison or harlan or whoever it is mm. that i want so i don't feel like walker is a, a pressing need to have for for game week 23 but if he's straight back in the team for 23 then maybe it was just a response to all of his stuff that's been going on in his personal life which we won't go into but nope. maybe maybe it was just a bit of a response to that and needing that mental health moment to just not not have that to concentrate on because he's been he's the captain he's been so good for them in terms of you know his performances but also he's been so good for us in FPL and he hasn't always had the clean sheets we haven't necessarily seen um the goal threat but the goal threat underlying numbers are so much better this season than they were last year like his underlying stats are much much better this season than they were last so if we do see him come straight back in which I think we will I think, given he's the captain, you would expect him to be there. Mm. Then I do think he remains a good option. It's just a frustration. But we get that with Pet, right? Pet Roulette frustrates us from time to time. And um, it was just Carl Walker's time and Carl Walker's owner's time to feel frustrated. Yes. And they did concede to Burnley yeah. in the end anyway. So because... it wouldn't have been a clean sheet anyway. Because that's what but they do. So, do you know uh... what, Marco? I did most enjoy that goal for Burnley because that clean sheet wipeout bought KDB a bonus point and I really enjoyed those extra two points that came as a result of him being my captain. Of course, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the one, isn't it? Mm. Um, so our game week plans, we've probably kind of covered it already. So probably Haaland. I think so. Coming in for both of us. Yeah, I think so. I think it will be, listen to what Pep's got to say in the presses and almost certainly I'm going to go Alvarez to Haaland. It just feels like I, don't, I can't, I can't cope with another week of not having Haaland. And the thing is that his ownership has dropped so much. He's already taken a price rise back up to 14 million. I don't want to be paying 14.1, 14.2 to bring him back in. I will, I just, I would just want to get him back in and know that I've got him then ready. For yeah. That price, that price, price rise was a, was a big shock. Annoying. Um, it's probably coming in for Archer for me. Although thinking about it, there is going to be a massive benching dilemma. So part of, mm. part of me is hoping that Pep says he's going to make a cameo again. He won't say anything, will he? Three, five, two. No, 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 he won't. No, no. He'll be worse than Eddie Howe. He'll just say, <laughs> I think he's available. That's that's all we're going to get. That's all, that's all we're going to get. But yeah, it's going to be, well, might buy him, but might not necessarily captain him, although he is a candidate. But Ollie Watkins at Sheffield United is, is, a, is a tough one. Are you straight, Harlan captaincy straight onto that? Do you think? No, uh, my bus team captain's currently on KDB and I think he'll probably leave it there. Mm, yeah. I just think he's going to get more minutes. I hope he's going to get the most minutes. So I think that's where I'm going to be. Ollie Watkins has the vice at the moment. That's it, isn't it? And then I suppose the major decision for, well, I think a lot of us are sort of possibly having a benching dilemma this week. You know, the likes of massively Bowen. I mean, don't really want to bench Bowen away at the Manchester United. That That's not Nope. That's not a difficult game. I've currently got Solanke still on my bench against Forrest, and I don't like the idea of that either. Yeah, you got a hat-trick when they met last month. I know. It feels really hard, but then who else do you bench? Because I've got... Gross has got Crystal Palace, and if I don't have Gross, then I'll have Madison. He's got Everton. So Mm. I can't... I don't really feel like I want to bench either of those two if I've got them. Gordon's got Luton, and we've just talked about how he might play in the nine, so can't really bench him. Palmer's got Wolves. Don't really want to bench him. If Alvarez has become Harlan, I'm not going to bench Harlan against Brentford and I'm not going to bench Watkins against Sheffield United. So I'm in a bit of a quandary. And, and Solanke against Forrest, 
is probably is probably going to get benched. But if he performs well tonight, it's going to be very hard to bench him. Yeah, Gross could be. It's not, it's not like it's not like Gross has the form though. I mean that 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 one. No, would, would he make could sense. be benched. Yeah, he could well, be benched, but he might yet be Madison. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so much between now and the Saturday morning deadline. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the two matches tonight. So we will wrap things up with an incomplete game week. But let's let's see what happens with Bowen, Solanke, Ariola at all tonight. Uh, it's been a <laughs> pleasure, as always, to have you on the pod, Sam. Thanks for your expertise. It's been great. I'm enjoying coming on these pods. Maybe we'll just get rid of Lewis and I'll just come every week. <laughs> well, we could try I'm only joking, three. Lewis. I'm only joking, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do one all three of us at some point. That could be fun. Potentially... In the future, we'll, we'll see how that uh, see how that pans out. Please make sure to check out FF Community's website, um, especially right now with the Con and Asian Cup coverage. On Twitter, we are FF Community underscore, and hopefully, you join us next time. Thank you for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.